0: everybody episode 9 we finally made it we made it to the end and we have a special treat for you today joining us here in the studio i.e. misha's closet is richard penner aka time scanner
1: hello everyone oh it's so nice
2: to have you with
0: us it's great to be here in your closet yeah i'm surprised we all fit in here we could probably fit like another person
2: like if it was a really tiny person
0: yeah like we could can f- we invite a small person
2: we, we could, could invite- get aaron we could invite at least three children standing on each other's shoulders in a trench coat.
0: Yeah, we could get a Vincent adult man. We probably already have a trench coat in here, don't we?
2: Yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah, it's right here.
0: No, that's do you guys want to stand on each
2: other's shoulders?
0: Yeah, let's do that.
2: That sounds like a terrible idea for the disabled <laughs> here, person. L- I let, guess.
0: Me, let me get up on your shoulders, Richard. And then Misha, you get on top of me. Oh, look, we did it. So, we're well, on each other's shoulders. So
2: while we're in this configuration, we are going to be talking about Back to the Future.
0: Yeah, you thought we forgot it? Of course we didn't forget it.
2: We were saving it for last.
0: That was, like, part of the idea.
2: So, uh, for those of you not aware of Back to the Future, what are you even doing listening to this podcast? Go watch that movie. But Marty McFly has a DeLorean time machine, and he goes back to 1955 to help his...
0: Marty McFly is friends with a strange doctor, inexplicably, who has a time machine... With stolen terrorist plutonium. Just saying. And then goes back to 1955 and there's like a movie there, but like...
2: I mean, we we can start there. We can start with Marty and Doc's relationship. I feel like
1: I, that's something I like, that I don't worry about that relationship. There's something in there that I'm like, it's just
0: totally natural. Just teenage boy.
2: Good, wholesome, stealing from terrorists. Yeah, <laughs> teenage right.
0: boy, yeah. old man, one of those May-December best friendships. Like in all those stories he is a giant speaker
1: yeah that's the part that's a little weird like he's luring in this kid that plays electric guitar like oh do you want an amp that's the size of a walk-in freezer i mean we're
2: here here talking about time travel is there something was there a previous version of time where like doc accidentally did something horrible to marty's something and like out of a sense of guilt befriended him he's Uh, making
1: up for it
0: cracked does a theory to basically ensure that all of back to the future works properly One Doc needs to go over, like, six different timelines and lead about 30 different Marty McFly's to their death, some of which in the crib, in order to ensure that the right Marty McFly grows up to the right Lorraine and Crispin Glover McFly. So in this scenario, Doc
1: purposely leads Marty back to have a weird, oedipal relationship with his mother. This is starting to sound...
2: Yeah, we're getting into okay. wholesome territory. So, so, okay. So when Marty McFly
0: comes back at the end, of, Marty McFly comes back to the end of the movie, and Doc Brown is wearing a vest, and we know things have changed because he comes back, and it's the Lone Pine Mall. Before he left, it was the Twin Pines Mall, but after he ran over that pine tree, it became Lone Pine Mall. Then he sees Marty McFly speed away, like as he did in the beginning of Back to the Future. But what happens to that Marty McFly?
2: The one who leaves from the Lone Pine Mall to go back in time?
0: Yeah. Doc Brown has to get rid of that Marty McFly to make sure there aren't two Marty McFly's in the present.
2: I mean, or much like Quentin Barlow, spoilers for episode four of Ars Paradoxica, he enters the loop at a decidedly different point, but after living through the loop, it becomes a loop. So that Marty McFly goes back in time, runs over the pine tree, creates the Twin Pine Mall, and that's the loop. But they had to enter it first.
0: Okay, it's like a replacement timeline.
2: Yeah, it's a replacement time loop.
0: We've had more discussions about Back to the Future's timelines already than we did in the entire Primer episode. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) And I feel like with
1: Back to the Future, one of the key things is that it is sort of, it's it's the time travel 101 for main pop culture people. Right? Like, you know, there were science fiction enthusiasts before that that knew their time travel shit. But for the average movie going public, this was their introduction. And so it doesn't get too complicated. And it's because of Back to the Future introducing people to the concepts of time travel that we able to do more complicated shows mm-hmm. now, like Primer or Looper. I would say that the internal logic of the time travel in Looper is very similar to Back to the Future. And it's almost as if Ryan Johnson said, hey, I'm going to take Back to the Futures time travel logic, but then make it very fucked up, right?
0: Yeah. I mean it works forwards in time. Like I mean it's your hand also fades away, but in a much more gruesome fashion. Entirely bloodless though. Great job on that PG13. I think that it's great because it introduces those science fiction concepts and doesn't become attached to them. Like it uses that as plot point, but it's basically really just magic. It's just holding up that Marty McFly fun loving boy from 1985 has to do a bunch of things in 1955 and here's the reasons because if you follow a long series of objectives then he doesn't exist like he just dies when he fades out that kind of logic only really works in movies we're not talking about like physical human bodies we're talking about characters it's characters kind of have that singularity to them i've thought about what
1: happens to this photograph once all of the mcflies are gone why was this photograph of this house with no people in it taken and why does it exist
0: I think it's one of the photographs from the inside cover of House of Leaves.
2: Mark Z. Danielewski, call me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. He needs to write some time travel.
0: Oh, don't even get him started.
1: But, like, in 35 volumes.
2: We are the people who write (laughs) the best found footage, Cold War conspiracy, time travel, tragedy, audio drama podcast on the entire internet, and I don't think we could handle that. (laughs) I really don't. That
0: would be too much writerly nonsense.
2: Back to Back to the Future. Back to... The future? Back to back to the future. I think that Marty fading away is illogical. I mean, that's the point, but either his parents did hook up or they didn't. Either he does exist or he doesn't. It's not a process. If they did hook up, then they hooked up and 30 years later they had a kid. And if they didn't hook up, then that didn't happen. Where does the fading go? And I think that that goes back to what you were saying, Richard, which is explaining to the audience the mechanics of time travel. Which, seeing that doesn't make sense, but it does raise the emotional stakes to where the audience can easily understand what the objective is and, like, what the obstacles are. It's a good marker to say, there's a chance he could fade away, you know, there's a chance that he could not exist. And there's a concrete way to see that as opposed to, like, the audience waiting 30, or, like, flashing forward to 30 years. To
0: see that house with no one in front of it, and a picture is taken, and it's just kind of creepy...
2: Yeah, who takes a picture of an empty yard?
1: Maybe it was the the landscaper. Can I give you a third option? Go for it. Have you ever wondered what would have happened if Marty did hook up with his mother? Yes. And then he was his own
2: father? Mitch Hurwitz, call me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally have. They do this in Futurama. Which, future, if we ever do a time-lapse season two, we gotta talk about Futurama. The time travel in Futurama is just so good, and it doesn't even need to be because that world is utterly ridiculous, but the time travel is really good, and Fry goes back in time and hooks up with his grandmother <laughs> because his grandfather dies, and he's like, oh, you, ca- you obviously can't be my grandmother if my grandfather's dead, and then they hook up, and then he is his own grandfather, but that gives him, like, a genetic anomaly that is unique in the universe that comes up time and time again to, cr- to make Fry the most important hero's journey in the universe.
0: Yeah, okay, it's, excellent. It's, because he's, like, that stupid, right? Like, yeah, Because well, he's, like, partially... Yeah, he's, he's inbred with himself.
2: Yeah, he's, yeah. Mis- he's missing, like, a brainwave that normal humans have, but because he was born of time travel, he doesn't have that, so he can't, like, be controlled by mind readers and he can't be controlled by like giant brains like he has immunity because he's a time travel baby and i think that that could be what happens i don't know what do you think happens richard
1: so in my imagination what would happen there is that he would become sort of a feedback loop human and all of his features and personality traits and everything would just exponentially multiply on themselves and, and until he and so he becomes some sort of grotesque caricature of himself. He would be—he would be a hyper McFly. Oh, he would—he would be, you the know, flown.
2: It's like—it's like his genetic code <laughs> suffers rapid onset entropy, like information yes. loss and degradation over the over uh, the time Alternately,
0: stream. he starts slowly morphing into Jeff Goldblum <laughs> <laughs> in the movie *The McFly*, oh, by David I would. Pay, pay $1, a million, dollars million dollars to see, to see that movie. <laughs> call Hollywood.
2: Hollywood, call me.
0: I've thought way less about the realities of McFly incest than you two <laughs> kids. I I don't know. I think that that's a weird contrived reason to make plot happen. Like I understand the grandfather paradox, but the fact that it all very quickly hinges on the fact that all 1955 ladies want to fuck Marty McFly is a little strange because when he plays rock and roll they don't like it when he does basically anything 1985-y they're all like oh this is weird i don't really like this and yet marty mcfly is still the coolest guy in the room the life preserver yeah that puffy jacket really keeps you safe and warm
2: i want to go back to talking about the rock and roll for just a second yeah and point out that in in our line of time travel protagonists who turn out to be creeps because they use time travel for their own purposes. He
0: doesn't mean to invent rock and roll.
2: He Robert Zemeckis it's, does. It's not that he invents rock and roll. It's just, oh my gosh, the rewriting of history to make white people responsible for cool things. The amount of that that happens, it just it it just falls in line with the other stuff we've talked about.
0: I don't know. That happens in Forrest Gump.
2: Yeah, it does. It, it certainly does. You're it, right. It,
0: it, I don't know. I don't think it happens in Polar Express, and I can't think of any more Robert Zemeckis movies. Robert Zemeckis just unsubscribed from your program. <laughs> Damn.
2: Robert Zemeckis, don't call me. <laughs> he can call us. Roger Rabbit
1: is amazing. That's fair.
2: Daniel hasn't seen Roger Rabbit.
1: I know. That's what we're doing We were now. just talking about that. We're
0: staying up all night.
2: <laughs> We're talking about Back to the Future, right?
0: I apparently. <laughs> well, like this is one of the most enduring movies—comedy, sci-fi, action, kind of kids'
2: movies that's from cer- the '80s. That's certainly true.
0: There was a day last year when the news went crazy because it was the day from Back to the Future to a movie which is only relevant for its first 15 minutes. Everyone's oh, the future, and then the rest of the movie is, I don't know. Lorraine gets a boob job, and like there's a dark timeline, and then. He gets swept off to the Wild West for some reason.
2: No, and they have to go back to 1955 again and avoid himself doing the first movie. And also they couldn't get Crispin Glover, but they sure could get archive footage of Crispin Glover.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Back to the Future 2 only matters for the first 15 minutes. But it's endured, and I really like that because we are to Back to the Future's version of America. What Back to the Future's version of America was to the 1955 version. We're 30 years away from every single time period. We're thirty years away for the release of Back to the Future and that itself is thirty years from the place where Back to the Future takes place is what I'm what I was trying to say through all of that. So
1: what you're saying is That sentence was more complicated than the plot of Ars Paradoxica.
0: Which is
2: really <laughs> difficult to Very do. difficult.
0: <laughs> Time travel is really hard to write. But I don't know. It's an enduring... I think it's a really enduring movie because I think it presents an image of America that we like to think, which is back in the 80s we were all cool and back in the 50s we were all kind of picket fence Americana. And I don't think either of those images of America are correct, but I do think that they are comfortable for a very specific set of moviegoers. And so I think because of that they have an enduring place in our pop culture canon.
2: I think why... Back to the Future is so popular as a time travel movie is because it taps into nostalgia. And one of the most potent things you can do with time travel is visit a time before that you have fond memories of as a culture, and you can go, hey, I don't want to say, hey, remember when America was great, but it taps into that same sort of nostalgia that people really like to go, man, the good old days. And Back to the Future combines that with time travel to make it more palatable to a general audience. And I think that's genius.
0: Well, because there are two kinds of time travel stories. There is historical tourism, and then there's also paradoxes and shit. And Back to the Future does both. And I think Back to the Future's legacy is in the second one. Like, the reason this is uh, the last episode of Time Lapse is because of the second one. The reason we have movies like Looper and Primer is because it deals with paradoxes and confusing things and alternate timelines. But I think what makes it stay around in the eyes of people who aren't weird sci-fi nerds is that it shows that nostalgia. I, I mean, I think that was the original. That's always been the idea for the movie. I was, I was showing you, Richard. The original Back to the Future script was bonkers. It was in an unnamed Midwestern town and the, oh God, a Doc Brown was stealing the radioactive material from a nuclear power plant and it wasn't a DeLorean, it was a refrigerator. Let's encourage all children to lock
1: themselves into refrigerators to travel through time. That sounds like a great idea.
0: That's exactly why they changed that. (laughs) That is the precise reason. Good move. And then it was a car, and then they're like, what is a cool, fancy car that we can get on the cheap? And they're like, a DeLorean! That car company is a big mess right now. What if
1: Indiana Jones's refrigerator was also a time machine?
2: (sighs) What movie are you referring to? (sighs) I don't think
1: I've ever seen a movie. It's fading away, just where... <laughs> like from a Polaroid. Suddenly,
2: <laughs> that there are no fewer
1: Indiana that. Jones movies.
2: Who who stood there in the alternate timeline and just took a picture of an empty movie theater marquee? That's weird. It was
0: just a picture of a golden skull and like half of a Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger in that movie, or is it? I don't think so. Uh, I, don't uh, think uh, so. I think it was Kathleen Indiana Jones. Half, which half? I don't. The half that kind of looks like. Cameron Diaz if you squint. It's a, the the if floating been... top half of Renee Zellweger. Yeah. I know. I was think, trying to think of <laughs> who the Russian also, lady
2: is. She's also not in Back to the Future. <laughs> no. She, she, was just
0: a, she was just an actress who I thought was in Indiana Jones and I dare not speak its name. <laughs>
1: Renee Zellweger's floating torso call me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed Time Lapse. This is the end of season one of Time Lapse as we bring to a close our money's time campaign Thank you guys so much for contributing. We garnered a ton of support, none of which we ever expected in our wildest dreams. It's been so rad, you guys.
0: I can't believe we've made it this far. And the support of all of you wonderful internet people, even if you haven't patroned, but if you haven't yet, patreon.com slash paradoxica, Paradoxica, yeah. there's still time-ish.
2: This is the last day of the Money's Time campaign. That said, just because the campaign's over doesn't mean we're shutting our Patreon down. You can always, maybe, you know, maybe you didn't have the money during the campaign, but, like, later you get a raise at your job and you want to give us that $1 every month. Um, You totally can. We're going to keep it open. Also, please go check out Richard's lovely show, The Infinite Now, in his guise as the time scanner. The Infinite Now is just so wonderful a bright spark
0: can you tell the people what the infinite now is the infinite now is a
1: podcast broadcast to you from just outside of time and the time scanner sees all of time and he is entertaining the time agents placed at different points in time
2: we, we as time agents placed somewhere in time have been thoroughly entertained
1: and i'm really excited to be a part of your show so thank you so much for inviting me into your closet
0: You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Are we on Crystal Gizmatron?
2: You can't tell them about... (laughs) Yeah, we will be. We will be on Crystal Gizmatron. We will be on Crystal Gizmatron
0: in the future. It's going to be so
2: cool, you guys. It's, like, way better than Facebook. Way better.
1: I've already friended you.
2: Oh, yeah, I just got
0: the notification. I mean, I won't get the notification until the future. I'm not...
2: I mean, what? (laughs) What is Crystal
0: Gizmatron?
2: What? uh thank you so much for joining us for this first season of time lapse uh until next time lapse. i've what
0: lapse until next time lapse oh my god
2: I swear to God he's been daniel
0: and that's that's been Misha I'm richard
2: and thanks for joining us